Welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. I'm concerned as an educator that more and more kids have really disengaged from STEM and what we believe is that it's about getting the kids at an early age and unpacking why they need STEM. Today, Blue Notes Innovation Editor Karina Paracella chats to Real-Time Learning Director Luke Kerr on education, the future and kids in STEM. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Luke, it's great to have you with us at Blue Notes. It's great to be here, thanks. After 19 years of being a secondary school teacher, you resigned to run your own startup, Real-Time Learning, that aims to create a better model to engage students in STEM. Mm. Tell us about that. Why is it you do what you do? Yeah, well first, what is the model? The model's really basically engaging middle year students, year five to year eight, in STEM. And it's doing it through having industry mentors, um, for mentoring undergrad engineers who actually facilitate and teach the students in a workplace location. So the kids are then doing some real world learning in, in in basically uh, a facility mm. and they're learning about building a robot, they're learning how to code that robot, they're learning about how to design and then print in 3D. Mm. And the reason we did that is because we're really concerned and I'm concerned as an educator that more and more kids have really disengaged from STEM and what we believe is that it's, it's about getting the kids at an early age and unpacking um, why, mm. they need, um, why they need STEM and for it to connect with purpose and to connect with something that they're passionate about. And you know, the stats tell us you know, that when kids are leaving school, one in three are only finishing, one in three aren't finishing their degree they start. We're seeing one in five uni students drop out in their first year. And the engagement itself in school, 34%, only 34% of year 12s are engaged, uh, according to Gallup. Compare that to 74% in year five. So we thought if we did this much earlier in the piece, we could then start to engage kids and um, you know, get them to understand why and, and why it's important to connect with STEM. So why do you think they're disengaging though uh, later on? Is it yeah. around stereotypes or complexity or just not understanding that there is yeah. a, a future career or pathway there for them? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a, it's a bit of a disconnect that we're, you know, and this is why I think we sort of see STEM as a great platform to teach these 21st century mm. skills. You know, how, how do kids become curious? How do kids you know, become problem solvers? How do kids become creative? You've got to give them a project. And so for those um, engineers, so, so to speak, that have been in the industry 30 years, coming back and talking around what's relevant now and the journey that they've been on has been pow a really powerful mm. way to connect with young, mm. young kids around STEM. Well, I love that you're connecting that industry exposure because it means that more kids are coming out of school and um, programs like this job ready and mm. better understanding what the industry um, is like. What are the results that you're seeing? Tell us about some of the great stories that you're yeah. seeing through these programs. Yeah, well, one, one comes to mind and um, Ollie, who was in um, grade six last year, um, by his own admission in the interview, said, look, I'm not real keen on school, but I love to tinker. I love working on cars with Dad. I said, you'd be perfect for our program. Um, when he came through the program, uh, and five, five three-hour workshops, by the end of those five workshops, he's saying to Mum and Dad, and no disrespect, but he said, no, I, I don't want to be a mechanic anymore, Dad. I want to be a mechanical engineer. And this is a grade six. And we've followed that journey of Ollie and found out that Ollie's now set up a workshop in his bedroom. He wow. loves to code. He's 
really passionate about you know um, STEM, and furthermore, he was working on a project with Dad at home on their RX-7, and um, his dad was about to go and buy a part, an air duct, and before he went to purchase it, Ollie said, Dad. I can design that and print it in 3D. No way. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. How uh, old's Ollie? Sorry. Ollie, grade six. Grade six. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Got just gone into grade seven, and um, you know, Dad was just amazed at the confidence he had um, mm. to then you know do that. Another girl, Audrey. Audrey also in grade six. Um, she designed a um, a docking station for her iPhone. And um, when she saw the opportunities in the workshop to connect with other engineers, she reached out to our undergrads. But that also meant that um, the Bosch engineers, a Siemens engineer, Vic Hyper, a whole lot of other students that are studying engineering got interested in a, a grade six student who wanted to share their design and then share it with the wider community. Then Bosch printed that off for her. And in the next workshop, we had all the kids around giving her feedback in real time mm. around her uh, docking station that she designed. Wow, and I suppose that's why it's so critical to get uh, these kids at such a young age when they've got that curious mind and they just want to tinker, as you say, yeah. be creative. And then, you know, you'd hope that that would then inspire the, the next level of STEM yeah. um, skills for the, for the future. And so. I love that you're, like, there's instant gratification because yeah. They're building something, they see it work. Mm. You, you go to programs, and, and I love, there's a whole mm. bunch of great programs. Mm. If you look at Code Club, it's pure code and programming yep. and app development, yeah. which is awesome. But um, I love that this type of program gives people something really, gives kids tangible. Take away. Take away things, yep. and they can then build on. Yeah. And, um, and we, awesome. and the, the, you know, the Trello's been amazing, like, and, oh, and yes. using, that, using those sort of platforms, encouraging the kids, like, um, the kids that are coming through now, a lot of them showing lots of aptitude in areas like music and media, yes. but not STEM yet. Okay. Now, you know, um, we want to make up videos to yes. put together of this stuff so we can send it more remotely. Yeah. So those kids could, you know, actually parallel their passion for media. Absolutely. And learn about STEM at, and, you know, That's STEM the whole at the same point. point. Right? It's about merging those together. I and mean, even yeah. music and media, it's a science. It's got technology in, in it. Exactly. It's a <laughs> yeah. science in itself yeah. if yeah. you look at music. It's too narrow, in my view. Yeah. Yes. But, mm. you know, the school system's been around for over 100 years. Um, you know, I remember when I was in school and it was very much, you learn your maths, your English, your science and, you know, like mm. that. How do we actually start to move forward, think differently about mm. education than the system we've got so mm. entrenched now? Mm. Yeah, look, it's a it's a complex question um, because uh, if we knew the answer to that, uh, uh, we wouldn't have this this real problem that I think is is with us right now that we're grappling with. How do we do it better? Mm. But I think you know one of the key um, areas of concern for me is this uh, a, a lack of willingness to let go of some really um, uh, metrics that have been around for a long time that are basically defining students by what they know. Mm. And really what's king now is not the knowledge, but how they apply knowledge. And so we need to not throw out the baby with the bathwater. We still need a way of measuring um, epic, uh, you know, their retention of fact. Mm. But it's also, what else can we do to incorporate ways that you know um, value and um, demonstrate that kids are learning to be better problem solvers, are learning to be more curious about the way they tackle problems, um, the way they you know, work in, in groups. And I think also in our, in our country particularly, we've seen our, our probably an over-competitive model and we know that competition kills innovation, it kills trust and when it shows up we see um, things like systems, mm. um, we see um, information and support staff hoarded in a way mm. and so then there's less um, 
willingness to share physical intellectual property. And, and, and that's, that's something that we've got to grapple with because um, we're seeing now that, you know, through collaboration, um, we can still instill in kids a, a sense of what's important around, you know, pursuing excellence, but in a way where it's working together mm. on a better product. Mm. So on working together, you know, we all know it takes a village. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is the role of, you know, all the key players like industry, government, yeah. academia yeah. coming together to solve this problem? Yeah, look, it's a great question because I, I think, you know, we started out with philanthropy on our side and we had three years of, you know, support from philanthropy. But we recognise that it can't be just philanthropy doing that heavy lifting. You say, it, you're right, it's a village that takes um, to take it, raise a child. And so what we're looking for is government and industry to help in those spaces so that they can reinforce the importance around you know, collaboration and working together to get um, a better model for all. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's next for real-time learning? Yeah. Where do you want to take it? Yeah. Look, it's really exciting, actually. Those students, like Ollie, I mentioned earlier, we knew that um, five weeks, five workshops on their own weren't going to be enough. Mm. So now what we're doing, and we've invited, and as soon as I let Ollie know about this, he responded Jumped. the same day. Yeah. Um, and so over half our kids that have participated in workshops last year are now enrolling in a monthly workshop, which will go all year. And so they're getting to engage with still the likes of people from Siemens, undergrad engineers. We've taken it to another level. We've now got a, a remote control car that has Bluetooth, supersonic involved in it. So the kids are learning a lot more than they did in the first project, but it gives them a, a chance to step up and also maintain what they're doing. Mm. The other thing we see is that, you know, we're not working in isolation with schools. These kids are actually going back to school and wanting to set up STEM clubs, be able to support the learning of others in their school as well um, through what they're learning in those workshops. So um, we're really looking to see just more industries come on board to host these sorts of programs like Bosch is doing. Um, we're also looking to see more schools participate. So basically we're working together rather than competing with one mm -hmm. another. I love that. And look, yeah. you're certainly doing your role in future-proofing our youth and our kids for the jobs of tomorrow. So mm. Luke, thank you so much for your time. Great yeah. to have you talk no. to us on Blue Notes. Thanks a lot, Karina. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod.